Ahoy, motherfuckers. I'm cutting you off right here. Oh, I don't usually do this. <clears throat> I don't usually do this, and I don't blame guests for stuff. But I blame Ace for this. Oh, yes. It I was going to happen. Her, the I words were going to come out of my mouth. Yes. 1,000%. This might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my this entire life. This was like, yo, thank you, Brandon. And I just had to get that out to start. Even Thank you, I, Jan. I, I, I still like you, and I love doing shows with you, but I have to blame you for this one. Usually I get to blame him, but I can't blame him this time. Yes. I, I'll take that L. Um, I have the reputation of telling my friends to watch horrible movies. So this tracks. Welcome to horrible <laughs> movies. Hold on, hold on. Now that I think about it, what was the other one that you had us watch that was really terrible? Uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. Leprechaun in the Hood, right? That was my idea? That was you. That was all you. That was about a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) That was about a year ago. That was you. (laughs) You sure it wasn't Vampire in Brooklyn? No, Vampire in Brooklyn was all Brandon. He wanted that one. But but Leprechaun in the Hood, (laughs) we trusted you. And then we trusted you again. Did I? I never right. said these movies were good, okay? You, you didn't, in your I defense. I have always prefaced that I like bad movies. You did say, and I do want to say for the audience, Ace's <laughs> favorite movies are found on Amazon Prime Video. For free. <laughs> like, or else Tubi. These are where we're going yes. to look for these movies at. We are looking for the movies that have no ending. Bones checks that off the list. That have no real storyline. Bones kind of gets that one too. That the lead lady in the movie, I had to call her Pam Greer for the whole movie because I don't think they ever said what her name was. Nope. <laughs> that the that the blood is made out of scars, candle waxes. <laughs> oh god, this is so bad. That there's it. a family. I don't know if they were a blended family because the son was talking like, I am America's future. I am post-racial. I am black and white and Mexican. And then there's just a white mom and a, a white daughter. But I don't think he was related to them. Yeah, the, the uh, I guess he was Latinx. I don't know, but he definitely wasn't related to the other two. But it has to be a blended family. Yeah. And he was just like, that's not my stepdaughter. That's my daughter. Nigga, she's white. Like, like she, not even like racially ambiguous, could be mixed, couldn't be. No, that's a white woman. Nigga, she's white and she's whiter. And your whiter daughter is over there wearing T-shirts with black people all over it. Like, that makes her biracial. This is not how it works. So, Bones came out in 2000, which means that I just saw this for the first time today. I knew inherently as a 20-year-old that a movie starring Snoop Dogg was not something I wanted to fuck with, and I am pleased to say that I was right. Brandon, I'm sure that this was your first time watching this movie, because otherwise you would have warned me about this. Yeah, I like Snoop Dogg and Baby Boy because he's such a horrible human being in that movie, and I get a kick out of him being horrible. See, the difference is, in Baby Boy, I think Snoop Dogg was just like acting like a gangster. Playing himself. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. the lead character in that one. He had bits right. and pieces where he had he had as well, many lines in Baby Boy. He, he well, wasn't, but it was like it was kind of like uh 
Queen of the Damned, where Aaliyah, Queen Akasha, was technically not the lead, but that's the only person anybody remembers from the movie. Yeah. He's a centralized role in this movie, for sure. Whereas in Baby Boy, he is just a part of the cog. And he didn't have a lot of lines in Baby Boy. uh, So you remember his lines very well, like, fuck your fort. You remember that because he literally... Hate you too, little nigga. Yeah. He he said that like Snoop would say, like he didn't have to emote. He didn't have to act. But then in this movie, he goes through some shit. He gets murdered. And when he gets murdered, he's supposed to act differently than when he's not getting murdered. And 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 he doesn't. Because he's a, None a of gangster. Also, literally, there's a point where he lets his friend shotgun, who's supposed to be his bodyguard, I guess, but they want mm-hmm. everybody to stab him. So then all of them have fingerprints on this switchblade, this bones is weapon of choice. It's this little like three inch ass switchblade, <laughs> butterfly a, knife. It's a battle song. Those are super dope. They're fun to play with. Um, also, it was he came from like the 70s. People weren't like carrying pistols like that he came from 79 he was one step away from the crack era they had guns but we didn't get into the crack era that and you know he was yeah because remember they were somebody somebody literally we were in the beginning of it somebody literally dropped crack into his pipe this was this was the story of how crack got into the projects (laughs) jimmy the numbers runner they want him to upgrade to selling rocks and he's like, I'm cool. Um, also, but, I'm not in the business of objectifying women. Mm-hmm. However, this is the first and only movie I've ever seen with Pam Greer where I did not see her boobs. This is the first and only movie mm-hmm. with Pam Greer or any woman, for that matter, where they actually took an older woman and had her dating a younger man or had her put on makeup to look younger uh and daddy younger man and i really do appreciate that because a lot of times with movies what you see is a 25 year old woman playing a 40 year old mother or they just completely changed the character Mm -hmm. i mean the actor so i did appreciate that aspect that's about it changed her hair so she looks younger Mm -hmm. with the fro Mm -hmm. yeah she looked good i was like damn does she look like that in the 70s Pam Greer is timeless oh that's right you've never seen none of her black exploitation i've never seen them wait till february I know Black History Month will be growing black exploitation. I already know. Love it. Um, so this movie opens up with this black dude running hella comical, like he's on a horse or something. He's literally <laughs> just uh, uh, it was so bad. I was already mad, and a dog is following him, and the dude shoots the dog, but the dog doesn't seem hurt. Um, and then some white boys show up. Some white boys show up and they're like, yo, we're here. Where are oh, the white boys are also listening to Eminem. Shout out to Chanel. I don't want to say anything bad about Eminem because I, I don't need her in my mentions. She's she's from she's from Detroit. She's she's a stand. She's confessed as much. Um, I love her. Check out her show, Chanel Creating. I'm really scared to not say something nice because she will really find me. Um, but they're well, like, yo, was probably the biggest rapper at the time. He was in 2000 yeah. by far. Um and they're like, yo, we're here. Where are you? And the dude says, why don't your bitch ass look behind you and see what's cracking, man? Yoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> Yoo-hoo! <laughs> this film started out hot. 
I'm sorry. The nigga said, why don't you turn your bitch ass around and see what's cracking, man? And then fucked it up by saying, you And that's when I thought the first time. And it wasn't close to the last time. Um, and so these white boys give these dudes uh, their crack or give them their money. And they're like, where's the drugs at? And he's and the, the, the black dude is like, um... I don't carry the drugs with me, but if you go up like two blocks and <laughs> then you go around the corner and you look where, 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 who is it? Who is it? And the other dude is like a cracked brick, nigga. Yeah. Look behind the cracked brick and you're going to find the drugs, but we ain't going to go with you. I was like, oh, these niggas about to get robbed. That was the mm-hmm. first thing that ran through my mind. These white boys about to get played because we used to, when we lived in Waldorf, which is right outside of D.C., they have drive-through liquor stores in DC and Waldorf, which in Maryland, which still doesn't make any sense to me. A drive-through liquor store, but please continue. Um, and there used to be kids, like the age of 18, 17, you know, standing out front of the liquor store asking people as they go through, hey man, can you can you get us a, a, a six-pack of beer? And they'd hand money to whoever was willing to go through the drive-through and get them liquor and then drop it back off to them as they drove off. So we will take the money from the kids and get our stuff with their money. And then we take off. Because what the fuck are you going to do? You're literally standing outside hoping that we'll buy your shit. You should know better. We helped people not drink. We did that. That saving their lives. We are better than Dan. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> I dare you to ask me where your money is. <laughs> so... I'm not doing that. You're not going to run away from my cash. But they actually got the dope. But then somebody fucks with their car. And for some reason, cops pull up on these two white boys. They never explain why the cops are pulling up on these white boys or, or how they knew that the white boys were getting drugs. But the cops pull up on these white boys in the hood. And so they run into an abandoned building. And a cop is about to go up the stairs after them. But then his partner says, I've been working in this area for 20 years. And there's no way that anyone's in this house. It turns out, it turns out it's Ludovic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's we- why uh, they pulled. That's probably why he pulled them. But we'll stop them because they were right in front of that house. Mm-hmm. He's got all them secrets. Mm-hmm. And so, but no, because the other dude runs in there. And Ludovic is like, nah, man, we got to go. There ain't nobody in here. I've been doing this for 20 years and ain't nobody been in there. Besides, the donut shop closed in about five minutes. It's like he knew the house was haunted, but he didn't yeah. know the house was haunted. Yeah. Or he so, knew there was yeah. a body in the basement. Mm-hmm. But some, like something was like, yeah, we, we're not going to, we're not going to write. We don't want to make any reports. And then, they, then they have a random flashback to when a different cop I guess I, I think that was Ludovic. I don't know, but a different cop shoots a woman. And now we got these two white guys walking around an empty building and them being them, you know, being white people, by the way, white people, if you're listening, don't forget to donate for reparations. Um, <laughs> they go to investigate and shit and they go through a door and the same ass dog that was chasing the black dude at the beginning jumps out at them and bites one of them on the arm. And then it turns into a cat. Very odd. And then wild ass shit happens, and they get out of the house. And it no, turns they out get they, out the house, and they just stop wait, on the step. Wait, yeah. wait. So they get out the house, and it turns out they're right across the street from where the black dude is literally looking out the window like Malcolm X with a fucking rifle. Mm-hmm. And the black dude is like, 
don't fuck with that dog. What you doing in that house? And they're like, man, we're safe. And um, the white boys congratulate themselves for getting out right before one of them gets pulled right back in and gets ripped apart. And his blood just splatters all over the other one's face. Jason, I guess. Focal point of this movie is the blood. Mm, paint. Why? Exactly. It's the most it horrible looks, blood I've ever seen in a movie. I've never seen anything this bad, not even from like the 70s and 80s horror films. They didn't even try to make it look realistic. Mm-hmm. Not even from film school films. Nope. Mm-mm. It looked like candle wax. School paint. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, the other white boy gets pulled into the house and the door closes. Then you can hear him screaming through the door and the black dude ain't going over there. He's just over there quoting uh, Revelations 2215, which I quote. Revelations 2215. And thou should stop investigating in other people's houses if thine are white. Amen and be blessed. And the movie begins. We are now in 1979, and Snoop did a remake of The Big Payback, which was literally not rap. It was just him doing The Big Payback. I like the intro. Yeah, it was the best part of the movie. Absolutely. I think the only good parts are the flashback scenes. Yes. Yes, they are. Did New Line Cinema make any good movies besides Friday? (laughs) Uh, Above the Rim, wait, I saw what you did there. <laughs> that made New Jack City, didn't they? I think I think they did New Jack City. Oh, I guess they did. Oh, I should say black movies because apparently oh. they did A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, they did a lot Turtles. of things. They just, you know, at that they point in time, Snoop that. was like, "I want to do a movie." But I feel like they did almost every black film back then. And was so this the highest was- grossing film? Apparently, is The Lord of the Rings. Well, How yeah. did the same people who made this film make Lord of the Rings? Because you gotta you gotta diversify your your, your what you're working on your portfolio. Bon bon bon. So um this is racist somehow. <laughs> Snoop pulls up in a caddy and he's got a driver in everything, but he's a numbers runner. I'm like, what kind of how much money were you making off running numbers, dog? Like he's literally walking the block, taking numbers from people, rolling in a caddy. You usually have people doing that for you, collecting the numbers. If you're in a caddy with a driver, I don't, I don't know enough to say if this is a realistic interpretation or not. <sighs> and I also want to point out that I noticed early on in the movie that what they were going to do, as far as the the scary parts, was it was going to be shaky cameras color changes of the uh, screen and background and sudden zoom-ins and jerkiness. Those are the four things they use to try and act scary. And I had I, hoped that they had more than that, but they didn't. Uh, back to present day, Patrick, Bill, um, Tia? The fuck was the white girl's name? I don't, I don't re- know. Tia. I don't remember yeah. the names. Tia, Patrick... <laughs> Um, I just remember Jimmy Bones and the other motherfuckers go to Jimmy Bones's house and Patrick is like, yo, I bought this house. We're going to make it into a club. And he goes up to put the key in the door. And before he even puts the key in the lock, the door fucking opens by itself. And when that happens. okay, so I wrote this in big ass (laughs) notes. I wrote this in big ass letters. This movie. Is. Impossible. This movie would never happen, 
not because of the shit that happens, but because as soon as a door opened by itself in front of a black person, we we're going the fuck home. Yeah. None of this, it, none of the behaviors exhibited in this movie would black people actually do. Mm-hmm. And so all the investigating, the, the let's split up shit. Nope. 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 Wouldn't nope. happen. The um, standing it's, there falling over yourself like the black dude did in the beginning wouldn't happen. Happened. Like none of this shit. But your daddy says, I will tripping. take this money and buy this house back. You sell that house back to your you're daddy. Way too ahead. Someone no, who no. Was a club, someone who's a club promoter, no one would buy that piece of shit building for a fucking club to begin right. with. Right. In the middle of nowhere. Like, I mean, it's not in the middle. It's like in the middle of a city block, but it's like an abandoned city block. There's a few people that live there. But it's not abandoned. There's literally a project right across the street from it that that dude has a shotgun looking out the window of. I've been <laughs> to some hole in the walls. That looked like a church. <laughs> it did look like a church, but like the abandoned lots on either side. Mm-hmm. Sketch. Nope. I, I am not going to this club ever. Um, I don't care. Um, and so they go inside the house. I just want to say again, this movie takes a lot of shit that black folks would not put up with and makes them put up with it because that white girl Tia literally stepped on a goddamn jawbone. Mm-hmm. With the blood still on it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, something's like this has like, like, oh, this must have been a cat. Like cats have teeth <laughs> like that. No. That's okay. a big ass cat, dog. That was not a cat. That wasn't a dog. Wasn't Jason that was, was a grown ass white boy, so that's a big ass cat with that's teeth that come out the here. Yeah. And she stepped on it, and y'all just like, let's keep going. Let's let's keep investigating. And also. I know that they come from a well-off family, but their dad was not that supportive. Where are they getting all this money? Not just to buy said house, but to make all of these renovations. Who big and renovations? You know they, they, you know they didn't pass inspection before they started this shit. Mm-hmm. But either way, none of this. If oh nothing my, else, we have to ask the, this. The, the, <laughs> I don't know, because <laughs> Because if you try to make sense of that, then you have to make the sense of the fact that somewhere along the line, they literally put together the money to fix a goddamn elevator. Yes. <laughs> that That's probably the most unbelievable part. <laughs> and they so, did all the work themselves. Maybe they're contractors. They would have to pay for the contractors. No, maybe they did the work themselves and mm. just bought the equipment. Hi, them yeah. niggas in the materials. They look man soft. Them niggas? Nah, nah. One was mm-hmm. one was like, I got to go up there to get to to put my DJ equipment up there. He he ain't. How he ain't. am I gonna get up there? No contractor. Um, Tia, while she's looking at the jawbone, testing the jawbone, somebody else like, yo, this is Jimmy Bones' house. I'm gonna sing the song at Jimmy Bones. Just happened to know it, right? I just just like Freddy Krueger had a song. Jimmy Bones had a song. And so Patrick hears this dude singing the song about Jimmy Bones. If a person has a goddamn song, don't dude, fuck with them. Right. It's very Candyman-ish. Um, anything with a song, a poem, a story, don't do it. A moral. <laughs> like, I, it, okay, now nah, I'm good. So yes. instead... 
Patrick is like, you know what? I just, no, it wasn't even Patrick. It was Patrick's brother, Bill. So Bill is like, you know what? I'm in now, nigga. We're going to take this place and we're going to make it into a, a club honoring Jimmy Bones. Um, but evil hands and shit are literally popping up on the walls behind them while they're talking and shadows across the ceiling and they don't see none of this shit. And it's really starting to get on my nerves. Um, Very much so. And then they split up to investigate the house. As a Scooby-Doo gang would do. Mm -hmm. And the white girl finds a dog. A dog with red ass eyes. The dog was just sleepy. The dog's eyes were red. Glowing red. Glowing red. In the dark. And she was like, you want food, don't you? Mind you, this dog is locked in a room. Not emaciated at all. It's Mm -mm. just very hungry. Mm-hmm. And fucks her hamburger up. Like she had a burger. She... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the fact that as she gave that burger to that dog, the only thing that went through my head was Benny saying, I could have ate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Benny from Fat Beach. <laughs> Fucking Benny. So she gives a burger. This to the movie's dog. worse than Fat Beach, by the way. It is. Ooh. It is. At least Fat Beach knew what it was and stuck to mm. it. Yeah. Fat okay. Beach was just trying That's to make a beach saying. movie. This movie wanted to be a, a, horror, a horror revenge. Music video. Yeah, Mus- yeah no. <laughs> so she feeds the food to the dog. And as she's feeding the food to the dog, she decides um, she, she doesn't see the spirits flying around the house behind her head. And there's also something opening up in the basement and like green lights are coming out of it and shit. So she decides to take the dog home and names it Bones. And as she comes out the door of the, 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 the house, the nigga across the street says, don't feed that, that dog. Some hungers can't be satisfied. The dog was being nice to her. And only her. But yeah. that's how it always is. Some dogs just like white people. And those dogs are literally made to attack black folks. So you know there's a movie about a racist dog? Is it called Karen? No, it's oh. called White Dog. There's a there's an episode on Kirby Enthusiasm about a racist dog, and the dog's name is Sheriff. <laughs> I ain't fucking with no dog named Sheriff. <laughs> the name is Sheriff. Nope. Nope. Oh, nope. My God. Anywho. So um they flashback again. And it turns out that Jeremiah, Tia, and Patrick and Bones' dad is one, or Tia, Patrick, and Bill's dad is one of the guys who set up Bones, um, Jimmy Bones, not the dog Bones. That's important. Also, we find out here that Snoop really can't act. Um, Don't know why that was ever in question. question. Because when he was, because he's done so much since then, I'm going to give him his flowers. Since this movie, he did great in Half Baked. Well, Half Baked came before this, and only had one line. Um, He did, he did great in Training Day. I don't feel like we can count the ones where he's basically being himself. That's all the movies. That is true. But I mean, what's more himself than him being a pimp? Either a pimp or a pothead. And those have been the movies that he's been in. So he's been playing himself for his most of his cinematic career. See, that's the problem. They gave him crack in this movie. <laughs> 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 that threw out the whole construct. Um, Why so, so, oh, are we at that part where he smokes the crack? 
No, not, not yet. We're, not way, yet. we're way away from that. So Clifton Powell is talking to Snoop because they're best friends, I guess. They're like brothers from another mother. And Clifton Powell's hating on him. He says under his breath, um, you got all the status and I got nothing but the quote. <laughs> I like and I was like, somebody thought that was deep. Very much so. But can we give Clifton Powell his flowers for Dude, being he's everywhere. One, one of the black people that you will never trust in real life just because of the roles that he's played in movies? I wouldn't have trusted him after uh, Menace to Society. So when I saw him in this movie, I was like, nope. And nope. if Brandon, can you do me a favor and just pull up Clifton Powell's um, movie roles? Mm-hmm. I think in every movie, he plays a guy who fucks somebody over. Yeah. Something he's always so the Clifton guy. Powell was in. Uh, okay, let's see, let's see what we got here. Oh, he was in Friday. He was in next Friday. He, was he fucked him over when he was pinky. Mm-hmm. He fucked him over when he was in Menace to Society. He's the one who sent the tape off. He was Chauncey. Okay, mm-hmm. he was in Deep Cover. I don't he remember fu- him in Deep Cover. I don't remember if he fucked him he over was in Deep Chauncey Cover. in Menace to Society. Yep. Uh. Let's see, Dead Presidents, he was Cuddy. Yep, he got beat up in Dead President. Well, he beat him up in Dead Presidents. He was the one who was fucking, uh, he was fucking uh, old dog's, old dog's uh, baby mama and mm-hmm. giving her money on the low and then beat him up, up in the stairway. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Rush Hour. Uh-huh. I don't remember him in Rush Hour. But I'm sure he fucked somebody over in that one, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't done, I mean, he's done a bunch of random shit since then. By the way, they said there's a movie called Last Friday coming out. Yeah, there is. But uh, rest in peace to Anthony Johnson. You know, he's El Pats oh, away. Yeah. But, you know, they were all coming back for it because what the fuck else they going to do? Once you retire, you know, why not come out and have fun? So Clifton Powell's whole thing in this movie seems to be respectability politics. He's like, I got out of the hood. and you know. Oh, he was in Black Lightning, wasn't he? Probably fuck somebody over I think in that he too. Was the, I think he was the pastor. Yeah, he was a reverend. Yes. Jeremiah Hope. Yes, yes. Did he like, fuck somebody he, over? Kinda, but yeah, not kinda. really, because he was like trying to protect the community, but it still like fucked over at least one person. So yeah. Also, <laughs> we have to get Ace back from this. Just looking on his IMBD. Did you know in 2020 they made a movie? I got the hookup too. Yes. No. 2020. Yes, I knew that. Did you know that there is a um shit? <laughs> Why can't I remember the name of it now? Oh, Tales from the Hood Three. Yes, we're doing that. That's actually yeah, part of Horrible Movie Month. I just watched it this weekend. Yeah, Ashanti, one of our listeners, asked us, requested that movie, so we plugged that in as one of the horrible movies. Oh yeah. I got the hookup too. Holla if you hear me. So um, Lupovich is mad because Clifton sold the building. Well, Jeremiah sold the building, but he didn't sell it. Also, they buried bones in the basement of the building. And also Lupovich is a gross ass predator white boy because he literally looks at Jeremiah and then looks at Tia, his daughter, and tells Jeremiah, look at the rack on your daughter. (laughs) I don't remember that part. Oh, yeah, because he came to Jeremiah's house. And I guess he didn't know that that was her, his stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. He just thought that was just a, a white woman in his house. But she looks like she's like, like, yeah, 
a, a teenager. Um, but he was like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man, that's my stepdaughter. Yeah. yeah. Look at the rack on that. Look at the rack on her. Dude, she's in my house. No matter how you go about doing it, she's in my house. So you probably just yeah. Even if she was like twenty three, living at home, I'm still not saying saying that. that. What you're not going to do is knock on my door and be like, "Hello, I'm here to tell you about your Lord and Savior Jesus. Jesus Christ, look at the rack on that one." (laughs) Hello, hello. Lupovich eating a nasty ass. You know what was funny about it though? Now that I think about it, Lupovich, while he was staring at uh Tia's body, was eating the jello pudding pop. Ooh, oh, I don't That's remember what it this was? part. At or all. the fudge bar, it could have been a fudge bar, like a sugar daddy or something. I don't know. No, I like an ice cream very, bar. I've also never had a jello pudding pop. He had the shit going down and shit. My mom used to only get jello oh, pudding ew. pops because they were um, supposed to be at that time. They professed that they were healthier than ice cream, even though they're not because it's literally still milk Dinner. and all this other shit. But, you know, fuck Bill Cosby. I guess that's what that means. Um, then we get back to Bill, who's laying on a bed, listening to music in Jimmy Bones's house. I guess they just decided to move the when fuck in. The, like, but- when did this happen? When did they get furniture and bedding right? and silk is sheets? Function, is there a functioning bathroom? Right. None of this is answered. But this nigga's laying on the bed with his earphones on and his eyes closed, and he doesn't see all of these dead bodies that are like walking towards Coming him. Coming through the walls and shit. Well, they but were like they, ghosts. They look like they one of them looked like a person. Like one of them looked like she was like, a backup dancer for Michael Jackson. She looked like a real ass person. Like, I'm not even saying that to be facetious. Like, everybody else looked like they were all uh, covered in tar or, or yeah. you know, blackness or whatever. And then one beautiful black woman just walked out and was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do all my makeup, but that's cool. Hey. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't, that's kind of smart, though. I mean, if you're going to have a place that big, you might as well have it be your place you live and business. Save some well, money. Once, yeah, you, once I, you renovate once you- it. Exactly, because this just looks like this looks like a flop house still. With still all, and 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 motherfucker, you live down the street. Why are you, you here? Live? I don't know. How no, are they? They live. You know, they, they said they they, they moved out like of that they, hood and moved yeah. into a nicer neighborhood. But still, you live somewhere nicer than this. Like I don't care what kind of independence you're looking for, because your dad went out of his way to make sure that y'all didn't have to struggle for shit. While not giving you shit, he made sure y'all didn't have to struggle for shit because he didn't want you to go back to this specific house. So many unanswered questions. Mm -hmm. Did they Um, even have luggage? (laughs) No. (laughs) They're just like Benny, wearing the same clothes for five ass days until they go home and change it. Um, So we go back to the 70s and uh, Jimmy is about to go to a meeting that Jeremiah has set up and Pam Greer grabs his hand and she's like, let me see your future. Let me see your hands. And she's like, this one's your lifeline. And this one's your money line. And she was like, there's a line across your lifeline. And he was like, it must be my clothesline. Or my <laughs> phone line. I was like, shut the fuck up, Snoop. Um, anyway, Pam. Sno- oh, yeah, that was Snoop. Yeah. Pam Greer and Cynthia 
uh, go over to the house and meet Patrick. And Patrick is like, ooh, she looked good. So they followed him all the way back home, wherever the fucking palm reader shop is. They followed him. They carried groceries for them all the way back there. Would you not also follow Bianca Lawson and Pam Greer? I'm just saying. I would, but if I'm (laughs) Bianca Lawson and Pam Greer, I'd be like, why the fuck are y'all still following us? They were helping with the groceries. Not that far, nigga. We got arms. My mom would have been like, we got (laughs) arms. We don't need you to carry this for us all the way here. Get the fuck away from my daughter. That's what my mom would have said in 2000. Seeing these random ass niggas stepping out of Jimmy Bones' house. Get the fuck away from my daughter. Because she says later on, I don't want you fucking with that dude. So get the fuck away from my daughter. Let me make it known out the gate. You in a house is fucking haunted. Get the fuck away from my daughter. But nope, they follow all the way there. And Cynthia's looking like, you know, I'm attracted to Patrick. And and uh, what's the other nigga's name? Maurice, the gangster of love. is like, she looks good. And I thought that was going to be a love triangle, but there really wasn't. Um, Pam tells her daughter not to go back to that house and she says the dog was a servant of evil so you know the daughter goes back to the house and while she's there they again the the disclaimer for this show is that this shit would have never happened because we're black while all the black people are in this house they find a huge pool of blood on the floor they literally say that looks like blood and they touch it and it ain't paint, so they know it's blood. Then they say that the house is throbbing like there's a heartbeat. If y'all don't get the fuck out of this house, they didn't freak out because that ain't look like no blood. They didn't freak out about nothing in this movie. They thought there was just somebody had some candles in the pipes. It's probably because they're his, their daddy. You know what? Now that you mention it, now that you mention it, you're. At the end, there was all that wax going on, all those candles. So was that supposed to be wax? No, because every time um, somebody died or the same, same shit came out. Came out of the pool table too. Yeah, yeah. He stabbed the pool That's table. The pool that poor pool table. <laughs> oh, I sat there and watched that. I was like, he slapped the highlights out of her hair. So. Uh, they go downstairs and they find out there's blood fucking coming out of the pipes and they don't leave. At all. They're, oh, they're like, oh, it must be rust. Right. Bones the dog paws at a door that has a padlock on it that has to be broken by hitting it with a fucking wrench and they go into it and behind the door is a fucking tunnel full of flies and they still don't leave. And this tunnel is like carved into the foundation of mm whatever home like this looks super creepy it's not like a basement base it's like beneath the basement it's like somebody dug this on purpose like a devil worshiping type not you know what you know what i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say it's that because you know i know people who are satanists who would say nigga i don't like digging holes so i'm gonna say that it looked very mass murderish what was the um the the fear street trilogy it looked like oh yeah it does like yeah yes it looks yeah. like where the witches were. So they get to the bottom of this tunnel and they're talking about how it would make a great recording studio. They don't see that the dog is literally running over and digging up bones like bones is digging up bones at this juncture. And only Pam Greer's daughter sees it and they see that it's a full on body. And instead of running away, they sing the tell of Jimmy Bones again and try to rob the nigga. Only one of them robs him. Though. Yes. Only one Maurice. of them even thought to that. 
And so TSS called him. Didn't y'all niggas see Leprechaun in the Hood? Don't touch the shit that's on inanimate bodies. So TSS called the police because she's white and she trusts him. And everybody else like, no. But the uh, reason why mm-hmm. is because if we call the police, we won't get our permit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that means they still don't have a permit for the house. They're just squatting. They don't know. They don't have they a they permit. To, no, they, they don't can't. have a permit to open the business. Yeah. They don't have a permit to live there. Like that house is not livable. It very much looks very. This needs to be condemned. Cynthia for human habitation. Listen, y'all don't live in Baltimore. It's a lot of houses that look just like that that people <laughs> living in. Nigga, we ain't talking about the vacants. <laughs> That's so, a good point. I don't so, know if they should be living there, but they are. Cynthia looks around and realizes that she sees dead people. And like we said, Maurice robs Bones of his diamond ring. Then Bones the dog eats. And the more he eats, the more meat goes on the Jimmy Bones' bones. So the more Bones eats, the more meat goes on Bones' bones. And that was like, okay. Also, Patrick comes in. For some reason, Cynthia comes over and there are silk sheets on the bed. And she's like laying there and they're kissing and everything. And then she's like, no, I don't want to do this. And he's like, cool, I'm going to go in there and sleep in the room with my niggas. And I was like, consent? Yes. <laughs> in 2000, I was like, consent? Yes. Somebody a, writing that new something. Right? I was like, this is dope. This is literally the MVP of the movie is consent. And so... He didn't even try to coerce her. Exactly. I was just about to say that. Nope. Not at all. He was just like, okay, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to go sleep in the room with my niggas. That's really it, right? Like, like that's where we're at. Like, you don't want me to be here. That's cool. I, I understand. I agree. And so, so there's a point where they're doing a seance because see, Patrick leaves out the room. And while Patrick leaves out the room, um, Pam Greer's doing a seance with a bunch of other people. And while they're doing a seance, um, somebody in the room, I swear it was the Asian man that's also in this seance with Pam Greer, says, Lordy, what's that smell? <laughs> Why did I miss that? <laughs> Lordy, what's that smell? And it was like, what the fuck? I feel like New Line Cinema just uh, recycled the same uh, dreads wig that they usually give like the white dude stoner that has dreads. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the wig they gave Pam Greer in this film. Yeah, pretty much. So after she tells Patrick, you know, um, I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. Uh, he leaves out the room, and then. Jimmy the ghost gets in bed with her. That she's was like, like oh. she's like, okay, you can get in bed with me, but no funny stuff. No, I don't think it was Jimmy. I it had to be like one of the other spirits that were yeah. in the house because that's her daddy. That's his that's you know what? And he knew it was her, he knew it was his yeah. later in the movie. So I think yep. it was a different spirit. So a different spirit gets in bed with her. And doesn't consent. And it got really creepy. And I'm glad that didn't work out for him. But while that's happening, this is also happening. There is a spirit among us. Who has just joined our circle? Martin, where is that smell? That was somebody's whole line. That was it. That was the whole thing. Lordy, what is that smell? I rented this movie on Apple um itunes 
Mm-hmm. They list this movie as a black exploitation film. Yes. And I feel like oh, it's good. as a black exploitation film. Yes. Because Pam Greer's in it. Yes. No, every place that I saw it on, Tubi, Shutter, everything, they stated that this was a horror movie based in the black exploitation. I just want to play that again. Dark circle. Martin, why is that smell? With the, the stereotypical Asian accent on top of a southern oh, accent. Accent. What I'm what? trying to think of what movie it was that I saw where there was um a Asian woman who was playing she was the butler or the 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 maid for a white man and so she had to talk like she was a black southern woman even though she was an Asian woman. I saw this recently. It was like for one of our movies. And oh. um if I remember, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm put it into the show notes, but it was horrible too. And she was talking like that, Lordy, what is that smell? And then she had to stop and tell him, you know what, this is some bullshit, and she quit. Um, so Patrick tells his dad about the building, and and Jeremiah loses it. You gonna sell that motherfucking building back to me? Nobody else, just back to me. Um. And then they go back in time again, and we find out that Eddie Mac wants Bones to progress from selling numbers to selling crack. And that's quite a leap, if you ask me. Yeah. What does selling numbers even mean? It's It's like a lottery. A lottery, yeah. Oh. So it's an unregulated lottery system. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was real. Back in the 60s and 70s, what you would do is you would go around the neighborhood and you would collect people's lottery numbers or what they thought the numbers would be and they give like two dollars three dollars and there'd be a pool and whoever got the numbers got the pool and if they didn't get the numbers and the pool increased every single week until somebody hit the number and then they got a cut of that pool and so the number the person who had the numbers got hella money because the whole neighborhood was i mean this is back when black folks weren't allowed in just every store on the block so they had to do their own version of the lottery Numbers was a real thing. It was big, like big, big. Um, if, if you saw um, the what movie Dead the, Presidents. That and what was it? Hoodlum? Yeah. With Lawrence Fishburne. Um, yep. They're um, the old dog. I always forget what his name is in real life. Lorenz Tate at the beginning of Dead Presidents when he's walking around with the notebook and everything. Mm-hmm. He's a numbers runner. In Hoodlum, numbers runners. It's real. But what you're not going to do is tell me you're going to stop running numbers and start selling crack. That's that in the same like business no. area. You need a whole another skill set for that. Right. And I, it, it reminded me so much of Black Dynamite where he was like, Black Dynamite don't want you selling crack in this neighborhood. And he was like, but Black Dynamite, Black Dynamite I, sell crack. I sell drugs to the community. Right. <laughs> and it's okay. What the fuck? So, um, Eddie Mac gets told no, and he looks at, I keep wanting to call him Snoop. He looks at Jimmy and he says, <clears throat> there's a wave coming, man. A big ass Krakatoa East of Java wave. So I needed subtitles for that one, and I didn't have them on YouTube, so I <laughs> totally missed what the fuck he said. All I knew about was the wave. And I was there, like, well, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> it, it's a it's a big ass Krakatoa East of Java 
wave. So Krakatoa is a caldera, a caldera in the Sunda Strait between the islands of Java and Sumatra in the Indonesian province of Lampung. How the fuck did he know that? He didn't know that. But there's also a movie called Krakatoa East of Java. Problem with that is that shit came out in 2017. Oh. Nah, I couldn't have. I need to IMDB that because that shit looks way too old to have came out in 2017. Maybe he was talking about this movie that he saw because this shit does look like a uh, old ass movie. Either way. East of Java IMDB. Okay, Krakatoa East of Java came out in 1968. Okay, then that that tracks for yeah, that would make sense why he was talking about it because Krakatoa East of Java is about a shipwreck salvage mission in the Dutch East Indies where they retrieve a cargo of pearls, but an unexpected volcano eruption, Krakatoa, you know, Um, shook the earth to its core. Are they are they pontificating on where um, the title crack? came from and so he's like um they're really good i I wrote down they're really making jimmy smoke rocks at gunpoint like they uh officer lupovich and eddie pull out their guns and tell this nigga, you got to smoke this so you can see why I want to do business with you or we smoke this. And Eddie puts the crack into the pipe. And as he puts the crack into the pipe, he says, bam. Bam. <laughs> bam. And I was just like, what the fuck? Is Emer- Wait, is it Emerald that does the... the- mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho. And so he takes a he takes a hit, but he doesn't really because the smoke comes out the bottom of the pipe. Like there's That's more a smoke. Very fancy crack pipe that they just happen to have on hand, right? And the smoke comes out the side of the pipe and out the bottom of the pipe. And there's more smoke in that than there is in a fucking hookah. And he is dazed for a second, and and everybody's talking like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And then he pulls out his punk ass two inch uh, butterfly knife and slashes. Lupovich across the arm, I guess, because it doesn't show any blood. At his all. his 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 dress jacket, his suit jacket doesn't get cut. The it doesn't one, show anything. He said like that was his one good suit. At wait, point. wait. He says, ow! And then he pulls out his gun and starts shooting. And mm-hmm. then Eddie pulls out his gun and starts shooting. And so Eddie Mac and Loop and Lupovich are filling this nigga full of like lead. And blood packs are coming off of him. The same paint is just splashing <laughs> out of this nigga's midsection. It was so terrible. This and, one was and horrible. As as he's getting hit, as they stop shooting, Lupovich says, "Man, this is my one good suit. I got blood all over my suit, but there's no blood on him. And he's still alive. He's still way. alive, and there's no blood on him. There's no blood on Lupovich like at all. And they show him with no blood on him at all." And then they cut to Pam Greer, who's over there crying. And then they go back to Lubavitch, and now his whole front is just covered in blood. Terrible. Terrible. And so um, Lubavitch is like, yo, y'all got to do dirt, too. Go ahead and put your hands on this knife and get your fingerprints on here. 
And they all come by and they stab uh, Jimmy in the worst way possible, like shotgun. His friend doesn't even look when he does it. He doesn't no look, just tick, 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 tick. Um, and um, Eddie stabs Jimmy and Jimmy doesn't do shit. He's just like, Ugh! and then Jaybird, Jeremiah comes over and he's like, help me, brother. Jimmy's like, help me, brother. Since we were grasshoppers. We known each other. We was grasshoppers, and Jeremiah's like, "Man, if all if you was in my place, you'd have to do this too." And he stabs Jimmy, and Jimmy spits full in his face. Mm-hmm. Eddie stabs him nothing. You know, I'm just gonna let that pass. But Jeremiah, how dare you? <laughs> no, continue, continue. And so at this point in time, they got the spot fully pla- laid out, and now it's a fucking full on club. I don't know how that happened, but it's a full-on club. The elevator looks nice. They got lights underneath the flooring. They got glass panels. It looks like an actual club. Um, and they're also playing Until Snoopy. Until you walk up the stairs. Yeah, and, and and nobody's allowed up the stairs. There's a bathroom down there, and they can stick to the script. And so um, this random good-looking one. Oh, no. They're playing in this movie. They're playing Snoop Dogg and Cocaine's music in the movie. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Which I mean, means what, Snoop Dogg what? is a part of this universe. No, it doesn't. They play Ice Cube music in Friday. Which means Ice Cube's... I never really start, started thinking about this shit until Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> this means that he's a part of this universe. Somewhere there's a nigga who looks just like Craig. <laughs> floating around in Friday, making bomb-ass music. So next Friday is going to be where he meets himself and becomes famous for a day. Mm, All on a Friday. Um, But yes, they um, this random-ass good-looking woman walks up to Maurice and gyrates and walks away. He (laughs) follows her. That's all it took. He follows her upstairs. If they go upstairs, you know what? I'm not going up there. Permission to go upstairs, right? Do you see that rope? Oh, we ain't didn't put the no rope layers. in. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no champagne room. So she goes upstairs, and Maurice is like, "Hey, man, you go ahead and you man the uh, the microphone. The um, you go ahead and you you yeah you the DJ booth for a second. I'm gonna go upstairs and do this." And <sighs> it turned into a dog, point, right? Uh huh. And at this point, we know he's gonna get murdered because he took the ring and he says baby if you don't have any culture in you you're about to have all of them that was very raven simone i'm from all continents except for one or some shit like that Mm -hmm. hey baby you got any black in you no do you want some those were lines from 2000 that was literally a pickup line yes it was that's not yeah. bad for 2000. No, no, what no. we used to wear. Yeah, the service centers, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so at this point in time, she turns into Bones the dog and murders him and eats the meat off his bones. And as that happens, the, mor- the metamorphosis is complete and Jimmy is back. And this is literally when I realized that for some reason, they've been calling Maurice the gangster of love. And that's when I realized that it was from that song. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a part-time toker. Some people call me the gangster. Some oh. pe- 
the gangster of love. Some people call me Maurice. I realize why the blood looks so shitty is because they spent all their money on this transformation. And on Snoop. Also, ter- like this was very claymation. Um, <laughs> celebrity deathmatch. Yes. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> it was very bad. Um, and What's so Patrick. This film? Huh? What's the budget? I'm about to see what the budget is. Ten dollars. So <laughs> Patrick walks upstairs to find Maurice and the bones and bones the dog is still eating them. And the dog I love this part. Looks this up at Patrick. Had a Sixteen million dollar budget. Excuse me? It all went to Snoop. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess how much money this film made, Rashani? Uh I would say four hundred thousand dollars. Was it box office or yeah, box office? I would it say four hundred thousand. What do you think? It came out in theaters. I came out October 26, thousand one in theaters. Grand opening, grand closing. It probably left the theaters in November the sixth. How much you think, Ace? How much you think it made? It couldn't have made back the budget. It couldn't have. It made two million dollars opening weekend. What? Oh. Oh, they were floating off of Snoop's name. Yeah, but then it only made $8 million worldwide. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So it didn't even make back his budget. <laughs> so after he, after Patrick sees Bones the dog eating Maurice, the dog looks up at Patrick and literally turns into the head of Maurice and says, the gangster love don't need no fried chicken. That's First right. of all, fried chicken is a love language. Mm-hmm. That was extremely anti-black, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am offended. And then the dog jumps on Patrick and throws up orzo on Patrick. For those of y'all who don't know what orzo <laughs> is, it is an Italian rice. It's a pasta, basically. It's, it's pasta. big and it's wet, and it tastes really great. Like it tastes it really is. good, but what it doesn't look like is a maggot. And so it started throwing up orzo oh, pasta. Very far it does kind of like a maggot far away but you cannot do the way they did the projectile vomit thing for the dog repeatedly (laughs) repeatedly was so elementary basic they have a fake dog head and apparently like some fucking hose right at the mouth and just shoots shit just fire hoses maggots or orzo Mm -hmm. ew and then it changes, and then the orzo changes into maggots as they zoom closer into it. Um, and there's maggots all over his face and all over his body, and, and maggots are everywhere now, and they're falling into people's drinks, and people are drinking maggots. And I have I said maggots enough? And there's a piece of pizza, and, and people are eating maggots off the pizza, and that shit is gross. And then the roof is covered in maggots, and, and then and then it starts raining maggots. And this, this nigga is where, Bill is still talking about settle down, relax. This is where my soul would have left my body. Mm-hmm. I don't do bugs, and I don't do bugs in copious amounts. Oh, no. See, oh, see, no. it's one level of fuckery for you as a black person to know that there's literally fuckery in this house because you've witnessed it with your own eyes, like the blood and all that kind of shit. It's another level of fuckery for you to invite other people into your house. This is what happens when you take black kids and put them in the suburbs, but do not keep them connected to their roots. Yeah, accurate, mm-hmm. accurate. Um, and so then Jimmy comes up the stairs 
walking like, you know, yeah. hey, just walk real pimp like. And so he's walking up the stairs real pimp like and he's bringing fire with him. And the door explodes. And um, earlier in the movie, uh, Pam Greer, while Sin was being um, touched on by close to being assaulted by a spirit, they had Pam Greer have a vision of like Jimmy walking down a hallway and throwing a knife and all this kind of shit. And then they use the same frame by frame walk for Jimmy in this scene that they used earlier because, you know, they're lazy. Um, and then Jimmy goes upstairs and takes his ring back from Maurice saying the same line that Maurice said to him earlier in the movie because, you know, ghosts are petty. At this um, point, my wife is watching and she says, what is he? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, is he a ghost? Is he a vampire? Is he a zombie? Is he a zombie? And I said, nobody knows. I don't know what he is. (laughs) And so this nigga opens the door to the house. I literally wrote that. Then after he says the same line to Maurice that Maurice said to him, then he opens the door to the house like he isn't a zombie or something. Like he, like everybody in the neighborhood doesn't already know this nigga's dead. He just opens up the door like Surprise, motherfuckers. I mean, what, I is, what, what are they going to do about know. it? I think he I wanted to th- let people know he's back. But is he, though? I because then the that. house explodes and burns down. Burns. Not completely burns, but not down. But not yes. Down. And um, that was when I realized that his weapon of choice was a punk-ass switchblade. Um, and that Jimmy was Cynthia's father. Big fucking surprise. We all knew that. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we have the scene where, um, for some reason, he's talking about free at last, free at last. Uh, I don't remember who he was talking to at that juncture. I just wrote that down. That these folks overact like a motherfucker. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. And Jimmy says, I'll show you what I remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, so he's okay. talking to he's talking to a shotgun. shotgun. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'll show you what I remember. And then there's a quick ass flashback to everybody barely scratching Jimmy with the switchblade in that scene where he smoked crack. Like, that was extremely petty to have killed shotgun over that. This was, was extremely the- petty to have killed a lot of people. They killed people who really didn't do shit. This is the part of the movie where I thought it was almost over. So I paused it to go clean the grill because we're cooking steaks tonight <laughs> and then i looked when i looked at the screen it said it was 50 minutes left yeah there's like mm-hmm. 47 minutes left mm-hmm. this shit don't never end so he shows a flashback of everybody quickly just stabbing him without even looking at it like i'm i'm going to make videos and put them on twitter because why not um and then this part made me laugh. I had to watch it like five times to make sure I wasn't saying this wrong because I want to be as accurate as possible when I say this. After he shows him the flashback of everybody just it, stabbing him like that, it, it, he scratches shotgun on the throat. Like literally right here in the corner, just right here, just a little, like maybe a half quarter inch of a scratch. We've been talking quarter inch a lot on Return to Oswald, so I think it was about a quarter inch of a scratch. But... It's not across his entire throat. It's literally in one spot, and it's a little last spot. And then suddenly, red paint just explodes out of his neck. And Jimmy sw- sings Swing Low Sweet Chariot to him as like, he dies. what was that? 
that was the like n- that out of all the things that did not fit in that this movie, that was what stuck out to me. Like, really? Swing low. <laughs> so then Patrick confronts his dad about the building and the club. Before he tells his dad that his friend got ate up by a woman that turned into a dog, that turned to Jimmy Bones, that threw up Orzo maggots all of them, and then burned down the building. He oh, tells him about the pertinent. building. Why didn't you tell me why I couldn't go to that building? Oh, by the way, Maurice is dead. Yeah. I feel like you should have led with that. Yeah, like, nigga, like, don't bury the lead. Like, right. motherfucker, like, this is important. What? Your friend is dead, and his dad don't even... It, it, his dad didn't like him anyway, so I guess that wouldn't have made any difference. Yeah, he didn't have any love for the gangster love. No. His dad didn't give a shit about too many people. Um, let me see. So, <laughs> his dad says, he asked, Patrick asked his dad, why do you care that we were there? And <laughs> Jeremiah says, it was just a bad neighborhood, Patrick. And Patrick says, bullshit. (laughs) Another sign that they were very disconnected from their black side. Yes. Because what you're not going to do is yell bullshit to a black daddy. No. Mm -mm. No. No. And then the random ass dudes from the beginning, and one of them were D's or D, by the way. Uh, but the oh. random ass dude from the beginning come out with the same clothing and that same stupid ass hat. That hair, that that hairstyle, the backwards cornrows. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that? I don't know. That was these are that was these are these thing. Um, but he walks. They walk up to see if Jimmy want to get some drugs, and he says, "Nah, little brother, I got a natural high, a supernatural high." Ha, and that should have been it. Ha. That should have been it, but these niggas want to talk tough, and then they mention that they're affiliated with Eddie Mac. And he's like, fuck Eddie Mac, and he starts to walk away, and Deezer D says, and I quote, are you suffering from negligence? (laughs) I said the same thing. Negligence. That was the best line in the movie. Are you suffering? Are you suffering from negligence? <laughs> like, I love that. My autocorrect went wild. <laughs> because That's... if you look at closed captioning, it literally says negligence. Like they had to spell that shit out. That's up there with um, CB4 when Charlie Murphy says he's ten generations deep in gangster. Gangster. <laughs> That's right up there with that. Are you suffering from negligence? Then he tried to take Jimmy's coat and they both got murdered um, in such a horrible way. Like literally, Deezer D gets scratched on the throat just like just like uh shotgun did. And then uh his friend with the stupid ass hat, Bones grabs him by the throat, and then all you see is an outline of blood, the outline of two people of blood on the wall. And then the rest of the blood falls behind and it fills in the fucking outline. Like. Moving on. Moving on. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Love this. Yep. Ace recommended this shit. This third You're welcome. Was great. You know, I'm just saying, like, it's, 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 uh, you got to start to learn to laugh at comedies once you recognize they're a comedy. And I had a great time making fun of this shit. So Pam Greer now realizes finally that Jimmy's going to kill Ludovic 
Eddie Mac and Jeremiah. And I was like, he better hurry to fuck up because only 20 minutes left in the goddamn movie. <laughs> um, and Eddie Mac is fucking around with some white girl named Snowflake and they're getting down <laughs> on the pool table at his club. And she says, I need to go winky. I need to winky. And he's like, hey, make that bass clap. And she slaps her ass. And he says, I'm going to tickle your little pink tweeter all night. What does that mean? Look at that. Look at that. Look at the lines. I just just connected it back to when he was like, make the bass clap or whatever. And she slapped her ass like the bass in the tweeter. Uh, It still doesn't track because she ain't got no ass. She ain't got no ass. (laughs) He was like, I done got me a Marilyn Monroe hoe. I feel like Marilyn Monroe was a lot more curvier than her. I feel like that was a stretch, like silly putty, like Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> like no, you Very didn't. Very stretch Armstrong, yeah. Right, and um, now Eddie, who was also snorting cocaine, uh, bam, um, is dancing around high in his underwear, and he asks where Snowflake is, and he asks her like twenty times before he goes to try and find where Snowflake is. And then, and I I just want to say before I say this next part, the way she died didn't equal all that blood. No, no. None of the things equaled any of the amounts of quote unquote blood. So as he's walking, looking around for Snowflake, he slips in her blood that is literally made a creek that is at least 10 feet long. And instead of running away, as soon as he saw the blood, he fucking investigates because, again, see disclaimer from beginning of the show. He finds her body in the trash. Was he, did he investigate or did he just turn and see her body in the trash? No, he kept walking. He followed, he followed the blood creek. Okay. Well, also he was high. But if I'm high as fuck, you know what I'm not going to do? Investigate. Depends on what you're getting high on. It was cocaine. No cocaine is going to make blood look like anything other than blood. Cocaine makes you brave, though. And I ain't that brave. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't walking towards blood like, yo, yo, no. Mm -mm. One of the kids. Uh. On the basketball team, my my uh, co-coach, uh, the coach of the uh, younger AAU program that I'm a part of, his son broke his arm, like his five-year-old son, on the monkey bars. Parents, keep your kids away from the fucking monkey bars. He broke his arm so badly that his... Oh, no, not the bone came out of the skin. He had to get surgery done to, like, place the oh. bone because it was broken, like it was shattered. And his dad was showing everybody the picture, and Nisha's like a nurse, so she's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for this shit. And he was like, you want to see it? And I was like, fuck you. Like, so if there's blood <laughs> on the ground, I'm not following that shit. I'm not following it the first time they saw it coming out the pipes. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? I'll, I will be the coward in this situation, Patrick. I will be that dude. I'm going home. I'm going you home. Yourself, there will never be a horror movie based off of you. No. No, there won't, because you know what? You know what I still don't do in real life? I don't live on places like Elm Street. And I know it's a movie, but if there's a street in my neighborhood called Elm Street and my realtor is like, you know what? We should check this place out. It's got to fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) 
What the fuck is what? Why do places even make streets called Elm Street in their towns after that movie came out? I mean, you have to factor in that Elm Street has been a street long yes. before. They should change that shit to Malcolm X Boulevard. <laughs> I am not living on Elm Street. I'm not going to Camp Crystal Lake. I'm not doing none of that shit. Fuck y'all niggas. If I see a a, a, a genie's bottle, I'm not even going to rub that because I saw Wishmaster where that Ooh, nigga yeah. where that nigga wished for like a million dollars and the shit fell mm-hmm. right on his head. Mm-hmm. Wishmaster <laughs> was so ridiculous. We might have to watch that shit. <laughs> nope, not my not my suggestion. Oh god. So <laughs> So, um, he saw the blood, he investigates and he finds her body in the trash. And that's when I realized that Snoop is killing a whole lot of fucking people who don't have nothing to do with his murder. Like he's just going for extra credit because he also exploded the door open at the club and like killed like five or six people, blew them into the wall. They were unconscious. Then he completely exploded the house. Vengeance. If they were related to the people that killed them. Yeah, sure. And so, ghost. What's he care? The best part of the movie is he cut the one dude's head off. Wait, wait. And then Jimmy shows up and he stabs a knife into the pool table and a red paint spurts up out of the cut. It was blood. It was paint. And then Jimmy gets shot by Eddie, but it doesn't do anything but causes Jimmy's hair to blow. Like, literally, it's just like wind, wind, wind. That's how Snoop's whole outfit and hairstyle changed from when he died to when he came back. Like, Mm -hmm. he died and he had a roller set. He comes back and he has a silk press. Mm -hmm. And his hair is a very long. Other salons in the afterlife? Mm hmm. So, uh, Jimmy holds up a mirror for some reason, and Eddie shoots that too. Then Jimmy takes the shards of glass from the mirror and makes them levitate and stabs Eddie with them, pinning him to a wall. Then he walks up on him and pulls out a switchblade and holds it to Eddie's throat from behind him and says, quote, you think I'm going to do it? You think I'm going to do it? Like this nigga doesn't already have eight shards of mirror going through his fucking midsection. Jimmy's like, fuck you. And or Eddie's like, fuck you. And so Jimmy cuts his head off and it still fucking talks. Eddie talked it. Not just talks. The entirety of his death. He is headless. He's a headless being that's somehow still able to be conscious and talk. But well, somehow he-, he wants to bargain with Jimmy Snacks. I mean, Jim, I call him Jimmy Snacks. <laughs> Jimmy Bones by giving him money that he's hidden somewhere. He didn't to let him go it. and do what, nigga? What are you gonna do? You're just ahead. First, he said, "I'll give you half." Boom. Nigga, what? Boom. You gonna get you one of those body suits from Ninja Turtles, like Frank King? And then I thought for a second that, um, because again, we've seen a lot of Terminator recently. And um, in Terminator, there's a whole lot of there's a whole little thing where the Terminators can imitate people's voices and shit. And so I thought that Jimmy was able to replicate people's voices because he did this. Yeah. Man, where the fuck are you at? Yeah, I'm here. Where the fuck are you? Man, I'm at the spot where I said I was going to be. Now get your ass over here. All right, I'll meet you there. 
And then we find out that that's fucking Eddie's severed head talking. He said that he had to carry use something to carry the souls. Yes, okay, so, that's cool. But um, why are you helping Jimmy out? Like, nigga, he murdered you, and you obviously on a mindless because acolyte because you're asking a gang of him. questions. He's asking a gang of questions, which means he's not an acolyte. I'm assuming even dead, he still hides a fucking kite. No, he's not dead. That's why he was trying to bargain with him. He yeah, wants no, to live a headless life. <laughs> I'm living my so best he can life. Do whatever Jimmy told him, so he can live a headless. I life. ain't got no arms or legs for y'all niggas. But he tells Ludovic to come over, and then he's like, "There, you you happy?" And um, Ludovic walks into a building. This is when I was like, this nigga deserves to die anyway. Like, he deserved to die from the gate. But then he walked into a building that literally had hell written on the window. With a bright-ass red light behind it. You know where I'm not walking into? (laughs) I'm sorry. I sound so sensible. I'm not walking into a building that says hell when I know that there's a nigga out there who's murdering people. But he did not. Did he know that? No. No, he didn't know. So he did. He did He just came to get his little money. But still, you know, I'm just gonna walk in here. Old. I won't even walk into Jimmy's old building, but I'm gonna walk into this place that's hell on the door. Um, and then Jimmy gets him to. Uh, Jimmy makes him smoke crack. And um, covers up his mouth. Mm-hmm. Covers up his mouth so that then um, his mouth disappears. His mouth and nose disappear, so he can't exhale. He can't breathe. Mm-hmm. He can't he can't breathe and he just uh murders Ludovic like that. Wonderful. Round of applause. Right. Only, only murder that I was happy about. For real, for real. <laughs> and carry both of their heads around. Yep. So now they both talking shit to one another. Good times. Good times. Somebody wrote this shit, you know. Um, and and that's when I started wondering. Like, what all powers does this nigga have? So there was a lot of things that were happening, particularly at the end where, like, his whole face changed. And mm-hmm. I was like, so what mm-hmm. are you? It was very Vampire in Brooklyn face change. Yes. Um, but then he can, can, he can morph into, well, Vampire in Brooklyn can morph into animals, too. Um but then he changed like well I guess he merged the city of the dead and then there's just ah, so confused so um, after that he has both heads and he's going for Jeremiah's dome next and um, he goes to Jeremiah's house like he's he just teleports, I guess. He, he just fucking shows up. He lives, yeah. Right? He just fucking shows up in this house that he's moved out of since he died and moved into the suburb. But, you know, why not? You know, beam me up, Scotty. Um, and Eddie's severed head starts talking. And then Jeremiah looks up and sees Snoop. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy, with two severed talking fucking heads in his hands. <laughs> And with no fear in his voice or any surprise whatsoever, he asked him how he got in his house. Like the dude that you stabbed and watched die years ago. He was dead. Dead. No fear, no urgency in his voice. A dead man is standing in your house with two talking severed hands, and you're just like, how are you getting here? Did I leave the window like, open? Why did, why did my alarm go off? That's weird. Did I leave the window open? It's crazy. How, what? 
Did, I'm gonna have hey, to call ADT tomorrow. Hey, did you did you see the DoorDash when you were coming in? It was right there. Did you did you? I'm hungry. You didn't show up on the ring. I didn't see you on the ring bell. No. But the um severed heads get fed to whatever evil is within Jimmy. And then Jeremiah literally gets waterboarded with that shit. Like Jimmy shoved his head into it like he's putting his head into a basin full of water. Yeah, you have to note that they went from what's his Jeremiah's house back to Bone's house. Immediately. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Like beam me up. And like, wait, wait. When Pam Greer's character and Bianca Lawson's character, and they all came to Jeremiah's house to warn them, then they got to his office. What was up with this? melted window it wasn't broken but know. it was melted i don't okay, know so just so we're clear pam greer's character's name is pearl no it isn't ah, okay they, they thought of that later on they decided that <laughs> no it isn't her name it's is pearl. pam greer my nigga bianca <laughs> lawson's character's name is cynthia i know cynthia's name but yeah. you know that's her name ain't pearl it's pam it's greer anyway it's, it's pam moving on so um, they go back to the house and they tell, you know, everybody, they tell Patrick and Bill and, and, and everybody's about to run out. And Tia, who we haven't seen since the beginning of the fucking movie. I mean, she hasn't even asked, has anybody seen my dog? No. She hasn't been in the, at, the, at the place they're building into a club. They, she hasn't been anywhere. But she just pops back up pluckily and says, I want to go with you guys. And they're like, you're white. Sit down. You're, you're a white woman. We'll take the black girls, but you sit down. We've got to protect you, precious white girl. That's right. And so they're still waterboarding Jeremiah <laughs> with this other dead area. And the last time he gets his head shoved in there, I swore I saw a fucking Muppet inside of this area, inside of Jimmy. And he pulled Jeremiah back out and he's laughing, talking about it's a trip in there, isn't it? And now I really do think it was a fucking Muppet. Well, now I gotta go look. And then the elevator comes Apparently it was wet in there because every time he came back out, his face was slimy and greasy. Right? Mm -hmm. Like he was just born again. Um, then the elevator came down automatically and Pam Greer stepped into it like a doofus and Jeremiah got thrown all the way into the abyss while Jimmy talks about dog eat dog. And then Pam Greer came in and Jimmy put the old dress on her, you know, because the reason why he was still going around, I guess, because the blood, all of his blood hadn't been disposed of and the blood was on her dress. That's keeping his spirit on this realm right and so he's like i still love you in this dress and she turns into afro pam um and everybody else goes up a ladder and ends up in the city of the dead where cynthia tells them that a set of stairs that goes up to the second floor should go up to the second floor you just have to remember where things this was like stranger things yes Mm -hmm. but the upside down made more sense Yes. Yes. But that was my favorite. One of my favorite parts is the part where Cynthia's like, the second floor goes up to the second floor. And they were like, oh, okay. 
you know, that makes sense when you say it like that. And they all went upstairs to the. And then um, Bill sees um, Maurice, who we all know is dead. Yeah, everybody's. Well, actually, they did not see his body, but they all know he's dead. Patrick saw it. No, I know Patrick saw it, but the rest of them didn't. But they all know he's dead because he didn't make it out of the club. And so, yeah, he's like, Maurice, Maurice. And Patrick's like, that's not Maurice, nigga. And but he still follows. Like, he still followed him. Why and um, would you follow a ghost? He gets dragged off into the abyss and murdered, leaving only Cynthia and Patrick left alive. And this is all Patrick's fault because he just had to have a fucking club. How do they explain this to the authorities? How do they explain this to Maurice's family? Like, oh, yeah, you know, your son has been, like, rocking with us for years, and, you know, he was chilling, and, you know, just not He doesn't have a family, Ace. Um, Exactly. That makes sense. His family is his friends. Did they have insurance on this building? Because that's a come up. (laughs) Cynthia sees Jimmy. And he welcomes her home. And meanwhile, Jeremiah is like, son, don't let me die up in here, please. And he reaches his arm out and becomes like a real person. Like he reaches his arm out and grabs Patrick's arm. Um, but then Patrick cuts his hand off and he's like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> and then he's about to kill Jimmy. But Jimmy disappears and reappears behind him and attacks him with a million ghosts while Cynthia begs him to stop. So then Pam Greer realizes I'm still wearing the dress and she sets herself on fire while wearing the old dress. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. She could have just taken it off. She could have just taken the. This shit made me so angry. All she had to do was take the fucking dress dress off off and burn it. Mm -hmm. Like, now your daughter is without a mother and a father. Why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Same shit. Same shit. Same feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh Cynthia and Patrick run away from the pyre that you know Pam Greer has become. She, they run for the elevator shaft and jump down it, but Cynthia doesn't jump down at the same time as Patrick. She's like, I'm scared to jump. And he's like, You gotta let's go. And he holds her hand, but she lets go and takes a step back and disappears for a second. And you're like, mm, what? Mm, okay. <laughs> but then she reappears and she jumps back down and they escape the building. And Cynthia is sitting out front of the building with Patrick and appears to be in shock. And then Patrick looks at a picture of Jimmy and Pam Greer and Jimmy says, dog eat dog boy. And then Patrick looks at Cynthia and she starts vomiting maggots on him, just like Bones the dog did. And that's the end of this goddamn thing that we call I don't movie. understand. What was that? I guess. They were out of time. It didn't make it out. And Bones was either. Uh, what was it? Uh. I, I guess Esther. Pam Greer stopped, dropped, and rolled. I, who knows? Whatever. Movie's over. Good day. I don't and, understand and the end of this movie at all. So now Nobody Cynthia... Does. Be, because Cynthia <laughs> has bones in her because she's his daughter. She's had him in her uh, the whole time. The way that she could see the future from her mom, she also inherited being a ghost, zombie, guess, vampire from her dad. But also... You know what? I don't like horror movies that are based on lore but don't have any. Mm-hmm. This is this is what this is what this is. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know a, a reminder that Snoop shouldn't act. 
So, Brandon, who's the MVP? Oh, of the okay. I see what happened. I see what happened. I just read it on Wiki. So, okay. As Jimmy and Pearl both die together, Patrick and Cynthia make their escape, barely making it out before the entire building collapses. Before jumping to safety, Cynthia is briefly pulled back into the building by an unseen force. Outside, Patrick finds an old picture of Jimmy and Pearl as Jimmy's face turns to him and says, Dog eat dog, boy. Too late. Patrick realizes that as his daughter Cynthia, as his Patrick realizes that his daughter Cynthia has Jimmy's blood within her and turns around as uh, Cynthia, now possessed by Jimmy, smiles at him with and vomits a mouthful of maggots. So remember, Pam Grimm was like, We got to burn the dress because that's the last of his blood. Yeah. That'll kill him. But okay. Cynthia has his blood because he's his daughter. So that's why he's still alive. Well, why does he still want to kill people? Like all of the people responsible for his murder are gone now. So mm-hmm. exactly. So why are why we still are you doing still this? Mad, bruh? Exactly. Why are we Look, still doing this? What exactly is happening here? I'm not trying to be racist or anti-black. And yet. <laughs> but <laughs> But we're starting. We watch a lot of black movies from the nineties yes. on this show. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that the whole thing? None of them have been good. Are you saying some of them are good, but well, very the few of them movies. are written very good. No, see, and that's something I talk <laughs> about on Ratchet Book Club is the fact that um, what I'm finding is that. A lot of things that we are willing to accept as uh, black film watchers or black book readers is shit that white folks don't put up with because the editing is different. The thing is, we aren't, well, particularly with the movies, because as you can see, they didn't make this budget back. Exactly. There it is right there. That's true. And then who who are the writers? Er Ernest Dickerson. Ernest Dickerson. Adam Simon. That sounds like a white man. That sounds very white. Tim Metcalf. We gonna see. Because I'm about to get in my whole CIA conspiracy bag if all (laughs) the people are white. Okay, so Tim Metcalf, they don't even got a picture of this motherfucker. They know better. (laughs) But yeah, before this, he did a whole lot of white movies, including um, he wrote Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, part two, Nerds in Paradise. See how I pause for that. Um, and then Adam Simon, I'm sure he's white too. But I mean, that's nothing more than at that point in time. That was when Sunset Park was written by two Jewish people, and Adam Simon is a white guy, definitely. There's some pictures of him. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he's like, I'm y'all can be saying, mad all you want. I did this shit. Uh, either shit. our no, talent wasn't a- getting the breaks that they deserved. Or I don't know. Wait, wait. Uh, Ernest Dickerson is a black man. Oh yeah, that I know. Oh, the director, yeah, yeah. Ooh, mm, well, this was his vision. What? Looking at what he's no, he directed Juice. That wasn't bad. Exactly. I say this all the t- all the time. It's like and do the right thing. He's got to have it. Hmm. Uh, and then Bones. This is this heat check movie. Jungle Fever, <laughs> School Days, Mount mm-hmm. Mac. Hmm. How do you go from Malcolm yes. X to but If you look at his bio, he literally has this on his bio on IMDb. As a cinematographer, he is known for his frequent collaboration with Spike Lee. As a director, he is known for films such as Juice, Tells from the Hood, Demon Knight, 
Bones, and Never Die Alone. Tales from the Crypt. I did like Demon Knight. Because of Jada Pinkett. (laughs) So, you know. He also directed several episodes of Once Upon a Time, The Wire, Dexter, and The Walking Dead. So he's good. Yes. This is just a bad this film. Is the one okay. It can't okay. rain all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't get them all right. This had to just be like his I daughters like, or his kids are probably like Snoop. Snoop, exactly. Like, you know, uh, I got I don't have anything else to do right now. I think what books. it is is there were so many white movies made that you know they made a bunch of shit ass movies too, but they also mm-hmm. made a bunch of good movies because they just made all the white movies. And yes. so we basically had to hit on what we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just want to say much. this real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got to say this. I do. There was no need for Tia to be in this movie as At a all. white person. There was no need for the interracial relationship. And nope. if there was actually something Is based back ever? on it, <laughs> but you, I mean, if they actually made something based out of it, then yeah, I yeah. can see that. But well, there's it's just so many that just they just have a random interracial couple that I think it's the never opposite. happens to be a black. No, 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 Brandon. What I'm saying is this: it feels like they, like the two white boys that had the beginning of the movie that died. I feel like they just shoehorned white people into this movie. Diversity quota. In a way that they wouldn't have shoehorned black folks into a white movie like this. Well, that's exactly how um, you shoehorn oh, yeah. a black person into a well, white movie. That, that, well, a white horror film? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what would That's happen. exactly how they would do it. Yeah. But I do, in, in the se- in, in, at the same time, thinking about it, I do appreciate the fact that this was the first horror movie that I've ever seen, horror movie, quote unquote, <laughs> where a white person died first in the movie, like died before the credits. Because black folks die before the credits all the time. So I think that that may have been a joke for them to have white people die before the credits like that because there was no need for those white folks to be in the movie either. You know what? I'm just happy, like, now we are getting movies that are better than this being greenlit. Yeah, me too. Uh, Me too. Particularly in the horror fear um, because we were lacking... And not because of a lack of talent, just a lack of people wanting to give us money. If That's we, another thing, though. The black horror movies and the white horror movies have something in common. They all have terrible writing back yes. then. All oh, the, like yeah. any, none of the white movies that's horror movies that have good writing either back then. They're all shit. Mm-hmm. Writing-wise. You can still have find entertainment in them, but like oh, as yeah. a written film, like this movie was horribly written. Oh yeah. Also, and Brandon, you're not gonna like this, but I don't. I don't really care. I don't. Pam Greer. If this is your first time watching Pam Greer, you're gonna think she can't act. Oh yeah. Ooh. I mean, she's she's this, not the greatest actor actress. I mean, yes, her her niche is black exploitation, but this one did. <laughs> no, this was just a payday. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is I get like, to work with Snoop in a movie. It's like when she showed up on Martin that one time. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like y'all know me. So the MVP of this movie, I think, is Bianca Lawson. Like she actually tried. Yeah, she tried. She was did trying she? to get some other roles out of this. I don't say did she in that questioning way, but I just don't feel like they gave her much. They didn't. To 
be able to have a judgment on her acting. But they didn't give anybody much. And I mean, the folks that they did give stuff to, they should have known better, like Clifton Powell. Like I said, he had no, he did not seem scared that there was a dude who was dead with severed heads in his house. Well, this is this is also bad writing. It's yes. not all his fault. But nope. I mean, I mean, he could have said, hey, shouldn't I look surprised here? Somebody broke in my house and they're dead and they got talking severed heads. Shouldn't I, can I look surprised? Can I look shocked? Like, can I do that? Just real quick, you know, can I have a heart attack? I'm going to have a heart attack. A dead guy just showed up in my house with two talking severed heads. I'm going to have a heart attack because what y'all want me to do is so much worse. But so the next movie that we're doing, Brandon, do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Mm -mm, I don't know. Okay. Brandon does not sound enthusiastic about what's about to happen next. Bones has burnt him out already. I enjoyed this movie. It was just horrible. It was horrible, and that's why we do this month. You get me. This is all I've been saying. There is entertainment value in really shitty movies sometimes. And that's why the next one we were doing is 13 Ghosts. No, 13 Ghosts is good. God damn it, it is. Is this the movie with Scar? classic. No, I took the movie that Scar wanted out of this equation because he said it was more of an action movie. Wait, what was the one he wanted? Uh, The Wraith. I've never heard of it before. I've moved it elsewhere. But this month we have 13 Ghosts, Tales from the Hood 3, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and then then the greatest movie of all time, greatest horror movie of all time, I'm sorry, A Thief in the Night. I've never seen any of these films. A Thief in the Night is my selection for Horrible Movie Month. A Thief in the Night is a 1979 or a 1970s movie that talks about what happens when the rapture happens. And my grandma made us watch it once a year to try and get it. This is not the Jehovah's Witness document. It's like a Christian movie. Because I know they have like one that has scared all of the little JW children for life. This might be it. And this (laughs) is the one that my grandma would show us. She'd sit us down at least once a year and make us watch this so we rededicate our lives to Christ. And so we're going to watch A Thief in the Night. We're watching Tales from the Hood. We watch Bones. Oh, yeah, we got to. You're right. And Killer Clowns from Outer Space is like a family favorite. Cult classic. (laughs) Love they it. they drink niggas' blood it. with the with the crazy straw. straw. They wrap <laughs> them, they cocoon them in cotton candy, and then drink their blood through a crazy. It's so wild. I love it. It's over the top. It's the best. Um, and then you after that, the Evil Dead. I got them all. And, I just, and but they're not horrible. They're not horror. Oh, horrible. Uh, what about I spit on your grave? I found that. I can't. Horrible. I can't. Because doesn't isn't that one a Both sexual versions? assault uh, yeah, movie yeah. where then they yeah. get revenge? See, that one and Jennifer's Body, both of them had the same thing where it was like sexual assault revenge. I'm rooting for the woman no matter Ooh, what. There is one called, <laughs> I think it's like American Mary. Oh, let me see if that's the name of it. That one was weird. <laughs> So what you're saying is somewhere down the line, we're yes. well, we're, we're gonna do more of these, obviously. But. Called American Mary, yes. Okay. Um, Ace. Yes. 
go ahead and tell folks where they can find you at. You can find me. On- you were on Newsweek. You oh, were in yeah. Newsweek. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so the the most important place you can find me, and not just me, but my co-host is Black Girl Missing mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, so that shit, we have we're just look up Black Girl Missing podcast on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you find podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's why I was in Newsweek. Mm-hmm. If you want to complain about my terrible movie um, choices, you can find me on Twitter at either Sanity Thief or Lithium to Lashes. Either way, I'll be there and just be nice to me. <laughs> if you're not, we're going to find you because usually what <laughs> happens is they tag us in there while they're talking to whoever else is involved. What's going to happen, Ace, is that you're going to our listeners are dope. Like, like the listeners are really ardent about some of these movies. And so <laughs> somebody's going to pop up with the statement. It's going to be nice. It's like a nice little group of people. Um, it took me a long time to realize that I found a tribe of my own. And it's really nice to be in that group. Um, Brandon, you got anything coming up? No. No. I don't got nothing. No. No. All right. We'll see how much longer uh, we do Oz. Dude, we only got like two more seasons, maybe one. You're the one who said you're gonna quit if if it depends. If, it if depends. I'm gonna number. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. I'm literally gonna watch it tomorrow. If he gets that lottery number, I might we might be talking about something else that next episode. Wow. Oz has turned the shit real quick, and I called that motherfucker iconic. I just I didn't know. I didn't know. But I'm having fun with Return to Oswald. I'm having fun with Ratchet Book Club. I'm having fun with all of my shows. And um, if y'all want to leave a review uh, for Hindsight, here's the easiest way to do it. Go to Podchaser. Leave a five-star review. Uh, Copy that review. Go to Apple Podcasts. Paste that review on the Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Copy that review. Go to uh, Good Pods, leave a five-star review. Copy that review. That's all you got to do. Just copy and paste. It'll take you like literally nine minutes. It's even less than that if you do voice to text like I do. I do a voice to text review and it takes like maybe two minutes that I talk a lot. And then after that, I just CV, CV, CV everywhere else. You can uh, become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, you can donate to the show so then we don't have to pay for movies like Thief in the Night and um, also probably Tales in the Hood 3. Uh, you could donate money to us at buymeacoffee.com slash SSCast. All money goes towards books for Ratchet Book Club and movies for this show. And we have a tip jar on Good Pods that you can utilize as well. You can email the show at hindsight movie reviews that's r-e-v-u-e-s um as uh a said she's on twitter at sanity thief and at lithium to lashes which is her patreon you should really check it out because it's dope it is really good brandon's on twitter at that cool black nerd black is b-o-k remember when i say blick and you're like stop (laughs) doing that so i stopped you're welcome black is b-o-k and i'm rashani and the show is Hindsight Reviews, R-E-V-U-E-S. I think that about does it. Oh, if you want to leave a voicemail, did I already say that? I said that already. I said that first. I think 916. No, I didn't. If you want to leave a voicemail, 916-633-1537.
And don't say 916 is out of my area because y'all still have friends who live in New York but got a Baltimore area code and live right down the street from you. You call them every day. So miss me with that shit. Thank you all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. for hindsight is coffee by cambo smith and it's from the free music archive this is single simulcast